All right, y'all, welcome back to the Morally and Intellectually Ingenuous, Sometimes Disingenuous podcast, where we talk about morally and intellectually ingenuous, sometimes disingenuous things. Of course, last episode, I had my boy Deshae on that I've known for many, many eons since we were kids. And, you know, you guys can listen to that. He has a dope story. Uh, amazing guy, single father. Well, he's not a single father, but like, <laughs> uh, we, gonna, we ain't going to talk about that right now. He I, he didn't talk about it, so I ain't going to go into it. But today we have somebody else on, of course. Now, I've had a few men on the last couple of episodes, but now, you know, I like to try to keep a healthy balance and uh, I try to keep, uh, you know, not just men, not just women. So uh, we back to the women's today. Yes, I have the lovely Jalice. Now, folks, this is one of those episodes where I have absolutely no idea who this person is other than she has the a sweet demeanor. And if she's cool, we were actually introduced by a very uh, via a lovely and prepossessing beautiful acquaintance y'all don't need to know the rest of that uh <laughs> so but uh for now uh we were introduced uh via a mutual friend of ours um so uh this particular friend who shall remain nameless for right now uh told me about Jalice and how Jalice has like a really amazing story and of course you guys hear me talk about all the time everybody has their own unique story and um if your story or journey you know what you learn from it can benefit somebody else who have made who has gone through the same thing or going through the same thing you know that's that's kind of what what matters um hey girl <laughs> hey spencer how are you i'm good i'm good um so uh yeah man we were introduced by uh this nameless character um, and she told me that you have a uh, very unique uh, story. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to tell your story for you, but I know she had mentioned um, things such as, you know, you've dealt with immense grief over the last couple of years, yeah. um, you know, and on here, um, if you guys have ever listened to any episode that I've had with a woman, especially a black woman. I, Spencer Bryant, do not speak for black women because I am not one. So that's why Jalice is on here to, you know, uh, be an extension of the voice to uh, help out other people, especially black women who tune in to this uh, mm -hmm. podcast. So, yeah, man, start from the top. Tell everybody <laughs> who you is. Yeah. Uh, so, like you said, my name is Jalice. Um, I guess my story really starts. Uh, 2019 coming home from a birthday trip from Cancun. Mm. Um, at the time I was living in Texas and I was coming home. I was coming home for Christmas. And um, that's when my mom had told me like she had been feeling off and stuff, but she didn't share it with me because I was all the way in Texas and she didn't want me to worry. Right. Um, and that's when she had shared that she had been dealing with some like pancreatic issues, right? She had jaundice in her eyes, which for those who don't know, like it means your eyes are severely yellow, mm. which is meaning like you have liver issues or things like that, or there's issues internally. Um, but they couldn't connect to what it was. Um, so within that Christmas break, because um, my background is in higher education, so I was I worked for University of Texas San Antonio at the time, and I just went home for break. 
at the time we had found out she had pancreatic cancer, right? And so um, she battled that for about a year and a half. She battled that for a year and a half. Um, and then fast forwarding in August 2020, um, my father was diagnosed with uh, bladder cancer. Unfortunately, my mother passed in April of 2020, right? So now we're, you know, a couple months from grieving her, you know, laying her to rest. And now he has uh, bladder cancer. And then in July of 2021, he passes as well. So when it comes to grief, yeah, I know a little bit about it. Um, I would assume so. (laughs) I, I know a little bit about it and um, caretaking. I think that's another big thing that we don't talk about, especially as pe- uh, people who are, you know, we're young, late 20s, early 30s. You're supposed to be starting your life. You're supposed to be, you know, enjoying your life, essentially. And, you know, for the latter part of my 20s, I was a caretaker yeah. for both of my parents. So yeah. that's kind of the gist of my story. We could definitely dive into more. but. You know, yeah. I'll let now you go this, ahead and first and foremost, um, all jokes aside, my con- sincere condolences for that. I don't I I can't speak on that. You know yeah. what I mean? I can't, you know, um at all in no aspects. Uh, you know, and I'm sitting here listening to you going, damn, like you know, a lot of times people come on here and then you know, a certain aspects of what they talk about that I'm oh yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> that absolutely not um you know so of course you know my sincere condolences on that and i'm i'm sure a uh plethora of things you've learned before during yeah and after so of course you know i have no idea on what that is like but how i don't even know what to ask <laughs> and like is that some heavy stuff how, what have you learned? I guess, like, you know, when you say, when you, yeah, I guess, let me ask that. So, when you say people don't talk about caretaking enough, yeah. like, what does that mean to you? Uh, um, one thing I learned, I never even heard this saying before, but in one of my mother and I's like intimate moments, she has said, you know, they say, um, once an adult, twice a child, right? Mm. Because eventually, you know, as you get older, and if you do get to an older age where you can't do for yourself, you are like a child again, uh, right? And so I I learned that statement pretty well, um, being a caretaker, right? Because both my parents, my father passed in hospice and my mother passed, unfortunately, like unforeseen circumstances. Um, but both of their health was deteriorating to the point where they needed help, to the point where we installed, you know, a stair lift in our home because they couldn't get up the stairs on their own, things of that nature, right? And so what does that look like? (laughs) What does that look like? If you've never, if you look at your parents, you held them to this esteem, you know, they're on this pedestal, they're invincible. Um, Even as an adult, you still hold your parents to this this stature. And then you watch them, for lack of better words, deteriorate, right? You watch the body deteriorate. Um, and in my father's sense, I watched what the mind does, how the mind deteriorates, right? Mm. How the mind, how you eventually do stop speaking. Like when somebody is in hospice, 
essentially you're just allowing the body to do what it does, which is shut down. Um, and some people, I, you know, I learned a lot about, you know, hospice and what that means. And some people come out of hospice and some, unfortunately, some people don't. Yeah. Um, and, you know, going back to the statement of like once an adult, twice a child, now we're talking about things of like, how, how, how do we help them use the bathroom? How do we help them yeah. shower? Like things like that, right? Where you really like, it's no longer your, you're honoring your parent, but it's like, you're just doing what you need to do. Yeah. Right. Um, circle of life. Circle much. of life. Circle, circle of life. life. Yeah. Um, yeah. No one talks about that. <laughs> no yeah. one talks about that. Yeah. Um, what does that look like? What kind of support do you get? Um, and no one really understands. You can't, you can't explain it to somebody who's not going through it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think for me, um, I did a lot of, I was doing a lot of research on like, okay, like caretaking as someone in, in their twenties, what is, is there any support out there for that? Are there any podcasts out there for that? Um, and over the time, I think, I think with the pandemic, there has been more conversations about grief in this sense. Um, but you know, it's, you have to go out and seek it. Yeah. Somebody told me once, and again, this is all me looking on the outside end of this. Yeah. Um, now that we're talking, I remember Tori, I think she was on like episode three, four, something like that. And, uh, you know, she kind of talked about this where, you know, she lost her father to cancer mm-hmm. and how, like, you know, this was her superhero. And like, mm-hmm. you know, at one point this man was like unstoppable and now it's, you know, it's it, it he's just a vegetable, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, so I'm I'm sure it's hard for mm-hmm. the mind to conceptualize that. And, you know, I, if you don't mind me speaking biblically yeah. for a second, um, this is why in a biblical sense, in a mm-hmm. spiritual sense, um, you know, we, <laughs> according to how God works, which is a hard, this is another hard thing to conceptualize is that we should be sorrowful when a baby is born mm. but grateful and joyful when someone transitions yeah you know and i'm <laughs> when i first started my walk with god i was like what <laughs> like that makes absolutely yeah. no sense but as i get older and like you know the, experiencing the world for what it is you know what i mean like you know this when a child is born um damn they're gonna have to deal with <laughs> what's yeah. on this side but when someone transitions they don't have to deal with it anymore and i feel like those are real pieces of advice to deal with grief not the unsolicited and i'm sure you've heard this one way or another oh well god just needed a flower in his garden some goofy shit like that <laughs> like you know what i mean and usually yeah, or be happy they're in a better place or yeah it's it's it's, like, it's no one wants to hear that man like you know no one wants to hear that you won't be hearing that from me yeah. um you know no one wants to hear these 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 fake philosophical sayings about cliche statements cliche yeah biblical yeah. fake spiritual statements and right. the thing is like you have you can become a little jaded right because you know people are coming from a good place and so you're just like you know the, the intention is there that's the, um, hard part. that's the hard part 
Mm-hmm. And you do have to go through like you do have to go through some type of spiritual battle, right? There's some people, I have a really great girlfriend um, who, you know, we've kind of lost our parents at the same time. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's something we share in common. But for her, she never asked the question why. And we talk about this all the time. I ask the question why, right? Why, why my parents? Why do I have to be the one to not have the because you you essentially grieve your future right you grieve what now does not exist so why can't I be the one to have my children to have grandparents why can't I have my mother with me you know God's when I give birth or these type of things right and so now you start questioning God like why I did every and especially when you when you had a relationship where it was like I did everything right I prayed I fasted I, you know, I, I remember one time my mom was in the hospital in and out, and, you know, and um, I like spoke over her the threshold of her door, praying that whoever comes in, you know, is intentionally there to heal her and that benefits her and is an angel to her. And I remember I walked around that floor seven times, right? Because of completion, like yeah. I, I did those things. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, my mother passed the way she did, which was traumatic, right? Because it happened very suddenly and there was a lot that came with it. Um, And so the question came like, why? Like, why? Like, I did everything you told me to do or that I was supposed to do. So then when my father got sick, I found it hard to pray. Yeah, I found it hard to ask questions. I found it hard to listen to worship music because it was just like, it didn't work. Yeah. Right. Um, it didn't work, but the beautiful thing about God and his love for us is that it does come full circle, but you have mm-hmm. to be open to it. And today, you know, I can say, like, I see why, like the, yeah. the beautiful collateral damage of it all. Like, I see that, you know, I had to go through this. My parents had to pass for me to be the woman I am today to have this strength that you gave me to know that I can persevere through anything at this point and to, you know, know that there's a greater, there's something greater here. Always. Um, but you, you do go through that, that turmoil of like, and it goes back to what the old folks say, right? Like, you know, you have to go through something to really understand who God is to have that relationship. <laughs> like, yeah. And now I, I'd be like, Ooh, yeah. yeah. Like I really, I, I can have I can have praise and worship <laughs> in yeah. my home now and genuinely do it because because yeah. he you did bring me through right yeah. you did bring me through it's only yeah. through you that I was able to plan my father's funeral it yeah. was only through you I was able to sit with him while his mind you know and, and his body were going through the changes that it was going through um, yeah it was only through you that I was able to fly back and forth through Texas at one point. Um, not knowing how I'm buying tickets every two weeks because my mother was in the hospital every two weeks, but the money just kept being there. And I'm just like, yeah, all right. Like, you know, um, so when I, when I look back, I could see he was there, but it's, yeah. it's definitely been a long road. I'm not sure if I answered your question. No, it, you damn. I mean, you didn't just answer. You took a damn words right out of my mouth. I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, you touched on so many things in such a short amount of time. Like, you know what I mean? I think the, my, my favorite thing you, you touched on is you got to go through something. 
to understand, you know, and one of the greatest lessons that I've learned, you know, um, through my walk with God is that uh, peace is not the absence of trouble, Mm. but the awareness of God's presence. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think uh, we're not going to go into detail with this, but there's a lot of facets and entities that will make you think that once you get a relationship with God, all trouble stops. You know, if anything, it gets it, 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 I don't want to say it gets worse, but you kind of understand, like you said, why you're going through it. And again, you might not understand then, but you'll understand Mm -hmm. later, you know, not comparing this to what you've dealt with, of course. course. um, And I've talked about this several times on here, but for people who are just, you know, listening to this first episode, uh, or I mean, this episode for the listen to the podcast for the first time. Um, I remember, you know, when I messed up my hand a couple years ago and, you know, um, I, at the time I was carrying a weapon for a living mm-hmm. and, you know, so I couldn't go, to, I couldn't work or whatever. And I was out of work for like almost seven months. And, you know, I, I'll never forget it. I'm sitting on my parents' couch and I'm just freaking out. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, yo, like, what, what am I going to do? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I can't go to work. I don't got no money coming mm-hmm. in this, that, and the third. Yeah. You got savings and stuff, but it's like, nothing is coming in. You know, and I've never been in this position and like, you know, I was like, damn, why me? And this, that, and the third. And I remember my parents are just so calm about it. And it was almost as if, you know, they didn't care. Like, you know what I mean? I'm going, I'm I'm the hot shit. I'm transparent as fuck. I was tearing up. I was like, what am I going to do? You know, and I was like, I'm be broke. I can't, I never, you know, my parents are just like, you be all right. And I'm like, what you, what? what type of <laughs> what type of empathy is that mm. but my parents <laughs> i had to learn they were coming from a sense of they've been through stuff they before been through something. you know what i mean and it's like you know I, I didn't know that then you know what i mean but like i was like my dad like yeah you be all right you be all right whatever and because they've seen this movie several times over mm. you know what i mean and they know how it ends yeah. you know and there's no point in getting stressed out and this that and the third and again not comparing this to your situation but it's no point in getting stressed out and go what am i gonna do when like you have the understanding that god has worked this out yes way before this came across you know it's like the story of Job, you know and how um First and foremost, when I started recording this, I didn't think we were going to get this deep, but we're here now. Uh, (laughs) So it's it's like the story of Job, you know what I mean, where God has so much power that and is in control of so many things that he pretty much had a leash on Satan and said, "Okay, you can do this, but you can't do that. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like it basically when these things come across, as my pastor says, his desk. You know what I mean? And he signs off on it. It's only because it's already worked out before it hits, mm-hmm. you know, and at the end of the day, you know, you know, as well as I know is this God doesn't care about, you know, your resume, your cars, your money that you make. It's all about, you know, your heart and how you treat mm-hmm. people. But the only way you can get to a point in life where you have compassion and empathy, um, I tell mo- 
I tell our mutual acquaintance this. <laughs> so, almost screwed up. Almost fucked up. You know. <laughs> um, damn, I forgot what I was even about to say. Oh, yes, we talk about this all the time, where it's you know, these things that come across in life, it's like they wouldn't they wouldn't come if obviously if you if you weren't equipped right. to handle it. And it's to teach you something. And we also talk about that the older we get the more empathy you have for people mm-hmm. on why they may do certain things mm-hmm. you know what i mean and the only way to get to that point is you gotta go through and it's like what we said you know when i when me and you initially uh were introduced mm-hmm. when i said yeah i know people i can have on this joint on this podcast <laughs> but they've been through stuff air quotes right. but right. they ain't learned nothing right so you know it's from a spirituality aspect. It's like, yeah, man, like, you know, you go through these things and you're like, why me? But eventually you'll find out. Right. Why. I think th- there's several things. And usually when I, <laughs> when I do moderate, when I usually mo- moderate panels, I'll have like a pen and paper, but today I'm just like, you know. Yeah. We, we out here. Chatting. You just, it's just off the you top just, of the dome, yeah, you know, chatting. it's more genuine that way. <laughs> um. So you, you touched on two things. One, you know, you, I appreciate you saying you you don't you're not going to compare what I've been through with what you're being through. But one thing I've learned is grief grief has such a large spectrum, right? right? Because even before my mother even passed, I was grieving my life in Texas, right? When I moved back home because you know she had got sick, I was living in Texas for a year. I had this career plan. I had just moved out there on my own you know, not knowing anybody, like just establishing my life. But once I realized flying back and forth was not sustainable, I had to make the decision to move back. And I moved back, uh, was that July of 2019? Mm. Um, so with that being said, I was without a job for like three months. Mm-hmm. And I, you talk about grieving your, the life you had, you know, I'm just sitting, yeah. <laughs> sitting on our patio one day and I just start crying because I'm just like, dog, I had a whole life. <laughs> like I had a whole life. Yeah. And it's not to say that, you know, and same for you, like you had a whole life before you injured your hand, you had a routine, you had established income, like grief is also just the fear of the future. What is my future going to look like now? Right. And so that's something else like that I learned, like grief, it just, it has a, such a large spectrum. And we've always probably grieved as individual, we just never labeled it as such a thing. We were just like, oh yeah, I'm sad or like this sucks. But it's the sorrow part of like, there's no certainty. There's no, we're lacking control, right? So that's the first part of what we've been talking about that that came up when we were talking. No, you're right. Grief does come in a lot of aspects um, and in a lot of, a lot of, I guess you would say perspectives or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very subjective thing. Um, you know, I, I can remember in the beginning of 2020, I was in a relationship at the time mm-hmm. and it ended. And as relieved as I was <laughs> that it ended, uh, there was still that that small layer of of grief. And I'm like, yeah. damn, man, like. You know, I didn't miss the person, but I kind of just like it was a routine and like, damn, what did I do wrong? And this, that, and the third and blah, blah, blah. 
Well, at the time when we were in that relationship, um, you know, we're not going to go into too much detail about it, but like that particular person did not like me having an opposite sex friendship mm-hmm. where, you know what I mean? It was just a lot of drama and stuff mm-hmm. behind that. Mm-hmm. And as much as I tried to give reassurance, there's nothing you can tell a person who's not healed from something is offended by everything. Oh, come on, Jim. you know, so, <laughs> you know, so it's nothing that I could have said yeah. to make them, you know, whatever. Cause what you dealing with ain't my problem. That's something you got to deal with. So me and my homegirl, who actually Amber was on episode two, okay. um, you know, around this time before me and that that person ended that relationship, she was mm-hmm. getting close to her father, mm-hmm. like because you know her father was, you know, they were rebuilding their relationship, mm-hmm. and you know, but at that time, me and Amber's, me and Amber's relationship was deteriorating because of the drama and the insecurities yeah, yeah. that I was the person I was with, so. The relationship ends and, you know, I'm I'm like I said, I'm relieved. But I'm like, damn, what did I do wrong? Well, not too long after this, I started being cool with Amber's father. Mm. Amber's father ended up being my ment- mentor. Oh, wow. Amber's father is the person who got me my dream career. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, so. Wow. You know, mm. um, people ask, well, how'd you get on the radio? The short mm. story is I happen to know a well-connected black man who plays golf with another well-connected black man. Mm-hmm. And a phone call was made. If I would have tried to keep that door open that God was trying to close. That relationship with my homegirl would have ended. If it would have ended, I would have never met the man who got me my dream job. You know, and point, and you know what I'm trying to say with all this. I, I really do. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I y'all, y'all can't see, uh, y'all can't see Jaleesa's face, but she kind of just, <laughs> it was like a, it was like a layer of, uh, uh <laughs> whew, just came <laughs> like she knew exactly what I was you're preaching about. right now, but can, continue. Yeah. You know, and it's like, we, you know, we're like, damn, why does this happen? And why is this going on? You know, but when you have God in your life, now you got a little bit of help to explain why, you know, um, religion versus relationship, two completely different things. And that's exact. And you're right. Grief is easy. I don't want to say it's easier, but it's it's more it's for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. easier to comprehend mm-hmm. when you have a relationship with God versus when you don't. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I feel like I I do. I mean, first of all, let's acknowledge the fact that what you're talking about, you just never know what the plan is, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes I don't know if you remember there was an image that was going around Instagram for a long time of like uh, Jesus holding, trying to talk to a little girl who had like a small bear. He had a big bear underneath back behind his back, and he's like, mm-hmm. "You could just give me this bear." And she's like, no, I like, I want the bear, but that's us. We want the smaller bear, but he's like, I got something so much greater and so much bigger for you. If you just put that down, if right. you just give that to me. Right. right? And right. so I think when you also talk about the fact of like grieving when having a relationship with God, uh, it allows you not to be under the table. Right. right. You could be under the table, but you it's not. It's not for long, right? Because he's going to give you the strength 
and the endurance and the resilience to get through whatever he's put you through. And you would hear that in church and you'd just be like, yeah, okay, cool. But when it really happens to you and when you can really look back and be like, I do not know how I got through that storm, but God, right? right? Like, I do not know how I have watched both of my parents pass with my eyes and not, and, and be healthy. Right. Yeah. Be healthy, be grounded, um, living my best life right now, living the life that I have imagined and dreamed for while going through the midst of that turmoil. Um, but God, yeah, Yeah. but God, um, you know, I started a new job in, in January of 2022, but I remembered once my father passed in July of 2021, I remember looking up saying like, how did I get here? Like, what's my, like, I I was having tremendous panic attacks, like often because it was just constant. Like now I like took my head out of the hole of caretaking of grieving and just like, where's my life? You know, where have the past two years gone and what am I, what am I supposed to do with myself now? Yeah. And God took that, flipped that thing upside down and, you know, I'm, I'm happy. I'm whole. Yeah. I'm healing. Um, but God, like, you know, this, uh, <laughs> I'm not laughing at it. You know, these sometimes thoughts yeah. run through my noggin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking about, I'm listening to you on what you've been through, right. In 2020 and 2020 was, has, was, is, has been whatever tense you want to put it in a very bad year for a lot of people Mm, a lot of a lot of people millions of people um and it makes me think again people who've learned something and people who have not and i'm listening to you you know talk about you know your parents transition um and how you through your parents transition you achieved a goal in a sense Mm -hmm. you know um, and I'm listening and I'm thinking about those people that also during 2020 mm-hmm. who were saying things such as, oh, if you not, um, I mean, I, we talked about this before. I think I talked about it with Trevor and, and uh, uh, um, uh, Sal on here mm-hmm. where people during 2020 were and still are saying, oh, well, if you haven't been using this time to pursue your oh, business yeah. and your LLC. And it's just your story. is a <laughs> testament as to why that shit is such bullshit. Right. Because it's like, you have no idea you, while somebody is sitting over here saying goofy things like that, you have no idea what people are dealing with. Not a clue. And to you, if you think that is someone's priority, through these last couple of years while people have literally lost loved ones. You know what I mean? I know, you know, your parents transitioned to things other than of course COVID, but still it it happened during the pandemic, the height of it anyway, you know, and it's just a testament to how, like, again, you, you haven't learned anything from what you've been through when you say things that are ignorant, such as that, you know, and I, and I hear these people say these things and I'm like, oh, you have no idea. When I first, you know, uh, heard about you and your story and, you know, um, the person that introduced me to you to be on here. And they said, yeah, she lost both her parents in the same year. I'm like, 
I'm like, damn, is yeah, all right? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I ain't, I'm not worried about no podcast. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't worried about that. You know, I'm like, wow. Like, you know what I mean? And to actually, well, I would say see you in the flesh, but virtually, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, uh, to hear the things, the great things that have come through your parents' transition. And it's like, I'm thinking about another thing. My grandmother, um, who was very, 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 very spiritually inclined, um i know we're talking about grief going back to that i remember you know she talks about when she lost her mom mm-hmm. and i have very very small vivid memories of my great-grandmother um and i think she passed me when i was like four or something that's a little like. blessing though yeah yeah like it's, i can i have like one memory yeah of my great-grandmother where i was in her house and she gave me a dollar and i was like thank you great-grandma you know? <laughs> uh so um, I remember my grandmother was talking about, you know, how mad she was at God about that. You know what I mean? And she would literally say, God took my mom from me, you know, and she goes, it took her years. And I'm saying this for a few reasons. Yeah. Um, you know, cause people learn on their own accord. You mm-hmm. lost your parents within the last couple of years. You've learned all these things. My grandmother you know, she said it took her decades to get mm-hmm. to the point where she's at now. So again, everybody learns and walks at their own pace. Yeah. But I can remember two things she said that I'll never forget. And again, talking about grief is that one thing she had to learn is that like, <laughs> even if she had the chance to bring her mom back, her mom wouldn't want to come back to mm-hmm. this. And then two, when you have the relationship with God that God wants you to have with him, Mm-hmm. She said, either you're going to live or you're going to live. And I was like, I don't understand. Yeah. And she goes, either when you're sick like that, you mm-hmm. know, and you're terminally ill, mm-hmm. either a miracle is going to happen and you're going to survive. Or after you transition, you're going to live. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was like, and then she said this years ago. Yeah. Years way before you know i i met god again and really understood how the inner workings of the faith works but like now i understand what she means is that you know again this is this is just the vessel mm-hmm. that we're in and when she said that she said those are the two things that helped her understand you know what death is what mm-hmm. grief is and yeah. you know um malcolm x i know he has said that um betrayal is worse than death because mm-hmm. death can be conceived betrayal cannot i resonate with that because my mother lived right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. like i said i said i think i said she was diagnosed in 2019 she was really diagnosed in 2018 of december right, right. so in 2018 of december she was diagnosed I only knew my mother's condition flying back and forth between maybe like January of 2019 to like, mm, I want to say April. That's when she started chemo. And I wasn't flying back and forth because I was getting myself together to move back up up here in um, July. When I came back, my mother was a completely different person. You know, um, her smile was different. Her, I mean, she had lost a lot of weight, but she looked great. Right. She cut off her hair, but she looked amazing. And, you know, they only gave her six months. My mother lived a year and a half. Mm. And I truly believe that the miracle is in the fact that she survived a year and a half 
and that she lived that last year. Right. Um, I ended up throwing her a party. She was going to turn, she turned 59. So I threw her this humongous party and she had a ball. Like she mm-hmm. like, and I think a lot of people are grateful for that opportunity to nice. be able to see her live. They were able to see her smile. She was dancing and she was, she was sick. Right. And she still had her issues, but my mother lived. Right. Right. I don't know if my father lived. Mm. Right. Because I think for him, my father was an athlete. Right. He ran. Once he started running, he was a cyclist. Um, He was a musician. He played the saxophone, He played the drums like he was active. And I think him becoming ill and his health deteriorating. He 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 stayed he you know, he held on to his faith. But it was still a lot of like, you know, he couldn't do. And I think that, you know, was very hard for him in the midst of also grieving your wife. Yeah. Damn. I didn't somebody even that think you, about that. that. You've been with since you was 20 something years old. Right. And he, wow. he passed at, I think, 62. So it's just like. Wow. I didn't even he, think about that. Yeah. He didn't have the opportunity to really truly live because he was grieving and sick and like grieving his life and his ability. And my father was very independent. He, you know, he, he was a man's man. Right. And so he didn't want help. (laughs) He didn't want help. He wanted to do for his own. And, you know, having me as his daughter, eventually having to, you know, I remember this one time we went to the bank to, you know, handle some business and I was pushing him in a wheelchair and uh, I was like, oh, dad, there's a uh, good stuff eatery off of, um, I guess that's Pennsylvania and D.C. I was like, they have bomb milkshake. Left. Like, let's go. And an opportunity I thought would be great for him. I think for him, it was just like my daughter's pushing in a wheelchair in D.C. Right. Um, and I think that really like, you know, hit him a little hard. But then I have another memory of, you know, we went to Target and he sat in one of those little motor things and he was completely fine. But that's because he was doing it for himself. Mm, and so, you know, having to kind of you have to battle your internal demons when you're sick and seeing somebody do that truly does make you want to live now. Right. right. Like we're still young, still have years and years. I'm going to live every day right yeah. i've seen what it looks like when somebody is for lack of better on their deathbed still having hopes and dreams still having money in the bank and never done what they wanted to do spent what they wanted to spend because they thought they would have more time yeah yeah and you know it's um me being and it's funny you say that or more peculiar rather um talking about living um me being in, you know, health and fitness mm-hmm. guy, whatever. Yeah. Um, I was reading an article and they said, statistically speaking, more people that take the people that take care of themselves the most are ones who are more well off financially. Yeah. And the reason is, is because they want to be around to and be able to take care of their loved ones and yeah. enjoy life and this, that, and the third. And now that you're putting all this in perspective, I'm like, damn, yeah, you know, that's true. And I read, I was watching the video and it was this guy 
Uh, I didn't really know how I felt about what he was doing, but I kind of understood mm-hmm. he was walking around a nursing home, mm-hmm. I think where it's hospice. Mm. And he was asking people, you know, what they would have done differently in life. Yeah. And, hospice, that don't, it does, like that question doesn't bother you. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like these right. are things you think about every day. Right. Right. You know, and, and their answers were so just it was mind blowing because it was all stuff that did not have to do with money. <laughs> like all stuff that didn't have to do with money. You know, I wish I loved my kids more. I wish I cherished mm-hmm. my partner, my spouse more. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish I traveled more. I wish I did this. And a lot, like I said, a lot of it had to do with the treating of people, yeah. you know, and at the end of the day, that is how you're going to be remembered, you know, and it's like I reference my other job um, where I'm a historian at Arlington Cemetery and I oh, see cool. it all the time, okay. you know, where people have these huge, um, you know, big, huge military funerals, man. Mm-hmm. And then like right after the funeral, maintenance team comes up, buries them like onto the next. And yeah. it's like, you know, life is only but a moment. You know what I mean? And I had a professor in college that said um, something that was really dope. Uh, he had said, uh, and then I'm paraphrasing, yeah. that the world, the universe has been in existence for millions, billions of years. The average life expectancy of a human is 75 years. He said life is but a moment, you know, and why are you going to spend the the remaining, the, the little years that you have on this life? I mean, the little years you have in life on this planet being stressed over things. And, yeah. you know, I talk about all the time where like, you know, I finally got to a point in life where I understand, you know, what peace and happiness is. And, you know, my mentor talks about all the time and my father does it too, that you're more blessed than you think you are when all your problems can be fixed by money. You know what I mean? Money can't fix grief. Money can't fix healing. Um, And uh, the cliche saying that money can't buy happiness I kind of understand that now. You know I, what I mean? Yeah, I, I get it. I, w- I will say, like, you know, I can acknowledge that there, there are people out there who do lose loved ones, and then there's so much debt and money issues that they have to go through. So I am thankful that I've never, that wasn't my experience, right? Because that, oh, right. that took me over. <laughs> right. Um, so that wasn't my experience. Um, but you know, something that you've been saying or what I've been thinking about as you've been talking is is about your grandmother, right? Mm-hmm. And how it took her years. I'm sure when her mother passed, or you could tell me, you know, did she have children? Was she married? Um, yeah, like, so I think generationally, because I am where I am, I mean, I'm, I am in a great relationship that I started in 2020. I have a great support system, our mutual friend, actually met her in 2019 the prepossessing beautiful (laughs) mutual friend who remain nameless um god placed very specific people in my life for this time right and so because i don't have any kids i'm in a great relationship but i'm not married um like i have the flexibility to focus on me Mm. right and to make sure that Five years from now, I'm not looking up saying, why am I still so hurt and depressed? I mean, grief, I mean, I'll always be hurt. I'm old, every day I miss my parents. Of course. But I'm not where I was six months ago, 
a year ago. I can't even say I'm not where I was a month ago because I have the time and I have the luxury of putting time into myself, right? right. And so um, I think when we look at older people in, in the generation, like what you were saying, guys, the person who's going around the nursing homes, the past generation, they 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 were they had serious stuff going on at our age, <laughs> right? Yeah. They already had kids. They were in a job they probably did not always love, but they right. was already in it for like fifteen years. And then they were they were married, so they had a they had to, you know, take care and worry about somebody else, maintaining the household, all these different things. Yeah. When you have the luxury of not doing that, the healing process can happen a little faster. And I was and I've been very intentional about it. Because yeah. um, I, I knew that if I didn't, it, this could have broke me. I think this could have broke anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it could have yeah. broke anybody. And so I I just knew that I didn't want that to be my life. Like, I don't yeah. want that to be my life. And so, um, but that's when you know that God has something great, greater on your life. Right. And you know that. And that's something that he's told you. And that yeah. there's there's a relationship there where you can feel him nudging you and guiding you like it's going to be OK. Just keep going. It's yeah. going to be OK. It's just, just keep going. You're in a dark tunnel. But, yeah. you know, eventually, if you keep putting one foot in front of the other, you'll get to the light. And I'm, yeah. I'm grateful to say, like, I haven't figured it all out yet, but I can see it's getting brighter every day. Yeah. And so I'm and, grateful for that. You know, the journey with God is not about um, figuring all out. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, sometimes we can get distracted um, trying to figure out, you know, why things happen the way they do and, and why, you know. And that was another um, lesson that I learned. Um, distractions are often the destructions of dreams. Mm you know and you've been coming with the quotes this entire episode. oh yes i am a quote guy <laughs> <laughs> uh and also another one for a bonus round uh stress is and i wouldn't even say these are quotes these are just lessons but you can yeah. quote me if you want <laughs> uh stress tells you that everything has to be done right now faith tells us that everything is going to be okay and work itself out when it needs to. And it's perfect timing. And it's perfect time. And it's perfect yeah. timing. You know, and that's, that's, I guess that's, I don't want to say the frustrating thing, but sometimes hard to understand in a spiritual aspect that, um, and I think they talk about this and I think it's in Peter where, you know, a thousand years on earth is one day in heaven. <laughs> That's wow. that makes sense why there's no rush on God's <laughs> end. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, no. Um, you know, we've been saying for decades, uh, God's gonna come back as in, well, you know, it's probably been four days, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and that's 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 the hard part why it's like, yo, why is this not happening the way? Why it is it not be? happening? Why is it not? But that's because we want to be in control. Yeah, we're gonna be in control. And and one thing. I mean, this is a lesson of life. It's like, yeah. and lesson of life and doing it life with God is just like, he's like, bro, yeah. let it go. <laughs> like, yeah. I, got, I got this, yeah. right? Yeah. And eventually you have to get to the point where you're just so tired. We're just like, all right, I've been doing it my way. This isn't working. We, and like, you know, he's op he has open arms. At that point, he's like, finally, my, yeah. but he knows us, right? Because 
we are his children. So he's just like, I've been waiting for you, but yeah, you yeah. know, the maybe next time you'll learn. Yeah, maybe. Well, let's hope there's not a next time. You'll right. just <laughs> one and done. Um, someone is, I think my pastor has said this, and he said that, you know, <laughs> and he was speaking very loosely, but I understood what he meant. He said, sometimes God will let you go out here and do what it is that you think that it is that you need to be doing only for you to hit rock bottom and realize that you can't do anything without them. I know when I rededicated my life in March 13th, mm-hmm. on March 13th of 2016, like I remember the day where there was nobody I could call. Yeah. There was no amount of money that could fix the amount of turmoil I was in. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that could get me out of that pit was my faith. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean and that was the yeah. day you know what I mean that I realized like damn you really can't do this on your own and you know a lot of people you know with this whole independence and all this other stuff I'm like, all right, that's fine mm-hmm. but you know us as humans were built for relationship you know what I mean and we can't do things on our own as much as we think we want to but you know pride gets in the way and all that other stuff you know yeah. of course yeah. that's mm-hmm no, I was I was gonna say, you know, um, and I tell our mutual friend this all the time. Like I I remember praying a prayer, not knowing what I was praying it for, but it was on my heart about having relationships in my life that that weren't just fluff, right? Yeah. Like that weren't just oh, your favorite color is purple, mine is purple, we friend. It was about like yeah. accountability. It was about structure. It was about can can you pour into me like I pour into you, right? Yeah. And not knowing what was coming. Right. But those relationships that have come are what have kept me grounded, right? Like Father's Day is coming up. This will be my first Father's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, having those relationships throughout this week, I'm just so grateful, right? But that's that goes back to what you're saying. Like we're not meant to do life alone. And I've, and I there were times <laughs> you get to do it times when I probably wanted to do things on my own and having a friend who can say, no, <laughs> I'm, no, you're not doing that by yourself, or I'm still coming to pull you out of the muck yeah. is, um, is something that I'm just truly grateful. And it, it is a blessing. Um, and yeah. it speaks to you. You can't do life by yourself or else you, you're going to stay in the muck. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's like the whole roots thing, you know, when you, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the, the Tyler Perry play where he has that monologue about how friendship works like a tree. And basically, you know, Tyler, he, you know, I used, yeah, to, I used yeah. to watch his plays. I mean, this has to be like, <laughs> we going to get on Tyler Perry. <laughs> this, well, I, you know, this is recorded. So I like Tyler Perry, you know, I respect what he got going on. Um, is this one of his? This is one of his older plays. Because yes, yes, very, very older. I feel a little shade over the Zoom. No, (laughs) not at all. Okay, (laughs) look, we ain't gonna talk about that right now. But if if we ever have a, because I have my issues with the man myself, but he's still one of my idols. I still think he's an amazing person. But some of his content is a little weird. But uh this he is had his gems old in those plays yeah he had gems in those plays for sure yeah this is this is old 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 tyler perry not um recent uh, tyler perry. not recent tyler perry yeah i don't know so but basically there was a monologue where medea was talking about how friendship works like a tree 
Mm. And they were saying, he was saying, she was saying, whatever. <laughs> but like the, the monologue was basically saying that, you know, leaves on a tree. Like, they, yeah. you know, wind blows too hard. They fall off. They overheat. I think I've seen this one. Yeah. Yeah. And the branches are a little stronger. But if you got like two or three roots, mm-hmm. you know, in your life, you know what I mean? You're blessed. That's all you need. Yeah. That's, that's really all you need. I have the same two or three people that i talk to on a regular basis that i've known for double digit years at this mm-hmm. point you know that's that's all i remember as a kid you know i wanted to go out and hang out and all this other stuff and my parents would be like no and i'm thinking they strict and i look back now like i ain't been, i wouldn't miss nothing <laughs> you know but before we get out of here yeah um you know I can't speak to this but maybe there is somebody that's listening to this particular episode that is dealing with grief for the first time. Um, I think you have already put out a bunch of gems since we've been on here, but if you have any like last thing to say to those who may have, because that's the point of the podcast to help other people, right. You know, um, who may have be dealing with grief for the first time, don't know how to deal with it. You know, anything that I guess you could say to them that make them feel a little bit more better. It would be just to figure out how to heal yourself, right? If that means talking, talking about it, if that means going to see therapy, if that means, you know, journaling, if that means taking a solo trip, I took plenty of those. Mm. Um, you just have to figure it out. Just start there. Um, and everything else should fall into place. But don't try to grieve on your own. Right. Because all you're doing is it's essentially just planting seeds that are just going to produce like rotten fruit. And yeah. it's one thing to like pull up weeds and that's, it's another thing to just produce a harvest that's actually fruitful. Right. And it's a, it is a trial and error. It's not perfect. Even if you want it to happen fast, um, it won't, <laughs> Right. it won't. So if you need to cry, cry, if you need to scream, scream, um, if you need to be upset and set boundaries, set those boundaries, you know, love right. people from afar and, you know, do what you got to do to make sure that you're healthy so that, you know, a year from now, six months from now, you can look up and say, I'm not where I used to be. And I'm proud of me for that. And I can keep moving forward with it. As old black folks say, <laughs> I ain't where I want to be. Mm. Thank God I ain't where I used to Thank be. Thank God I ain't where I used to be. <laughs> well, y'all heard her. She has spoken. Now, again, of course, I couldn't speak on anything that, you know, she talked about. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. You know, okay. with uh, I, we, we going to get I saw that face you made when I talked about the toxic, uh, the romance and stuff where you kind of just was like, oh, God, like <laughs> maybe that'll be for another show. <laughs> I saw it. I sees it. I saw it. You know, but we ain't gonna talk about that right now. We ain't gonna go there right now. Uh, you know, all uh, as our mutual friend says, live in the moment Oof. and choose happiness. I don't know and if that choose quote yet. Happiness. You know, we keep talking about you know you play video games and like that mm-hmm. unlockable character. Yeah. Uh, they're just a black silhouette. Mm-hmm. That is who this mutual acquaintance is right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. But maybe. She Maybe. may be on the uh the 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 the, the uh the podcast. We'll see. Maybe we'll, we'll see. see. To be to be continued. To be continued. Maybe I can get the both of y'all on here. Oh man, that that is a 
but yes, Spencer, it was a pleasure. Thank you of so course. much for inviting me. Of course, you know, folks, this has been another dope episode of the Morally and Intellectually Ingenuous, sometimes disingenuous podcast, where we talk about morally and intellectually ingenuous, sometimes disingenuous things. Of course, I had the lovely Jaleesa on this time. You know, she talked about in her amazing story about, you know, grief. I actually don't know what I'm going to call this episode, but we will figure it out because it, I feel like it was one of the deepest ones that have uh we've i've ever done with somebody you know we haven't talked like you're right we haven't people don't talk about grief i don't think i've talked about grief on here yet and uh at least not in this aspect so i definitely uh thank you um for being on and i thank the uh lock of the unlockable character <laughs> for uh introducing us for us to create this uh this episode yes, um yes. much obliged Thank you. Thank you. Of course.